Hello and welcome to the latest podcast of the Blake Street Irregulars, your local Colorado Rockies podcast brought to you by the good people at Tap 14. Tap 14 at 1920 Blake Street, just a stone's throw from the home plate entrance at Coors Field on Blake they are on the rooftop of Haters & Co. right there. Uh, beautiful scenery up there. It's all Colorado. You're Rockies fan, Colorado Rockies fan. This is the Colorado place for you. The, the beautiful setting, the reclaimed wood, and on top of that, it's what you can get to eat and drink. 70 Colorado beers on tap, 100 distilled Colorado spirits, a regionally and locally sourced menu uh, from Chef Taylor Creedon up there. Terrific, terrific stuff. Uh, I go there before games, after games, even when there aren't any games, and I will be there. Uh, as, as we get this, record this here, uh, I'll be there on Thursday as this Atlanta series concludes to record uh, another version of these. So if you're in town, stop on by and say hi. Check them out at tap14.com and spell out the number 14, tap14.com. Uh, with me as he is every week, Ronnie Court, Ronnie K Radio on Twitter. I'm S. Drotar, by the way, in case you wanted to follow. But, Ronnie, you were there last night as, as we record this. Chad Bettis returned to the starting rotation after battling testicular cancer in, in, a, in a time frame probably earlier than anybody could have realistically oh, hoped. And, and an emotional moment returning to the mound, even more so the fact that it is in Coors Field. And, and then on top of that, he pitched a gem. He did. Uh, first, let's talk outside of baseball yes. because this is so much more deeper than just the game. Um, and he talked about it post game uh, extensively about how uh, it really kind of didn't hit him until pregame, and uh, he just spent time with his family. Uh, he he had a lot of uh, chances to kind of uh, get caught up in the moment, but he stayed focused. He knew that there was a task at hand, and that's kind of what. Chad has has really been throughout this whole entire process. When I saw him in the clubhouse a couple months ago, and and he started talking about the fact that he wants to play baseball now. He uh, he even uh, made it very clear to me, no, no life questions, no baseball questions, as he transfers now into just being a, a regular pitcher uh, for the Colorado Rockies. It was a special special night, and like you said, he pitched an absolute gem, and it was incredible to see him so economical. Too, throughout his innings, there was a time where I was turning to uh, one of our uh, our friends here at Mile High Sports, Casey Light, in the uh, press box. At, I think it was the fifth, uh, sixth inning, and he was at like 51 pitches, 52 pitches. I was like, wow, he, he is going to go a lot longer than we all expected because we all thought somewhere around the four or five inning range for, for Bettis coming back first time because endurance is really the thing for him. That's what he's talked about a lot is that gaining endurance is, is really where his biggest challenges are. It's not that he's lost his stuff. It's just trying to get that uh, that strength back, and he just looked absolutely phenomenal. Well, he's been building some of that strength up since he was able to go down to AAA Albuquerque and play for the Isotopes for a little while and get that all built back up. And and you're right, 90 pitches last night, the seven innings, uh, no runs, no walks. Now, two Ks. Uh, I think it's fair when we saw Chad Bettis uh, before. This wasn't his best stuff. The velocity's not all the way back. Uh, this isn't quite the same guy, but I think you made a very good point there. Economical and did a good, good job scattering the hits. I mean, it didn't pitch to contact, but certainly wasn't trying to, to strike guys out either. Uh, a pretty good job really mentally navigating that game and emotionally navigating that game as well. So uh, for Bettis, uh, this is a guy that won 14 games for them last year. This is not an insignificant addition to the rotation, even if he is at this point 
75% of the pitcher he was last year. The, 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 the strength and the speed and the endurance, on, on that will all come. Those are things that will, will come over time. But for the Rockies, this plus, by the way, as, as we record this tonight, Kyle Freeland will be back on the mound. Hasn't yep. been able to make a full start since the end of July. Back to back, this feels like it could be a potentially huge morale boost for the Rockies, especially if they happen to win both of those games after losing a really ugly, unpleasant series in Miami over the weekend where they were swept. Yeah, it was a bad series in the Marlins, but you come home. This is, uh, and I, I said this on air, this is a milestone moment. We're going to talk about this season in a very special Rocky season. Freeland starting the home opener in front of his fans. The Mother's Day game sends a tella. Father's Day cycle, uh, the near no-no from Freeland. And now we're going to talk about Bettis' return. And this is a huge boost for the clubhouse. And uh, talking to a lot of the different players in the clubhouse yesterday, Jonathan Lucroy, Carlos Gonzalez, Greg Holland, they all echoed very much the same. It's it's an incredible morale boost. It, it, it's one of those uh, type of things that it's it's indescribable because these guys are digging a little bit deeper and getting something that they didn't think they had to to play for Bettis yesterday. Uh, Charlie Blackman's triple when likely it was a, a double, you know, uh, hit down to the wall. Um, Carlos Gonzalez stealing a base, right? Only that, a third of the season. Only right? a third of the season, and that was very clear that he was. They were searching for runs, and he was going to be that run. And so that's that digging deep for their teammates. But then they also mentioned the fact that, you know, Chet's a pretty darn good pitcher too, and he is coming out into a rotation that uh, he could be one of the premier top flight pitchers in that rotation, and this is a huge addition. We talked about this in previous podcasts about Bettis being the idea of a trade deadline acquisition, as I threw up to quotation marks, because they haven't seen him all year long, and now that they do see him, this is a big, big addition for the Rockies. Yeah, and you, you mentioned Carlos Gonzalez again. Cargo, by the way, uh, hitting 311 in August. Now, that the power's not all there, but in, in this case, in this game, late in the game, and, and this really was a pitcher's duel. Uh, Julio, uh, Julio Tejero for the Braves was also sparkling. Seven innings, he was very scoreless good, yes. pitching as well, while striking out eight Rockies in the process. So, uh, for Bettis to be able to go toe-to-toe in a, in a tense 0-0 game like that, uh, I think that that's a, a lot of things that to be excited about too. But Cargo, uh, in an 0-2 count, actually goes out and and does what we've been wanting him to do for a while. Uh, doesn't try to kill it, just kind of sets the bat on it, flips it out into center field, drives in, uh, two runs, breaks the game open. Greg Holland goes in and gets his 35th save of the season to close it out. And, and for the Rockies, it does feel, look, in the, in, the, in the grand scheme of things, they've won one of their last four. Sure. But this feels this like something that almost is a, a bit of a soft restart to their season. Mm-hmm. Now the, their best rookie pitcher in Freeland is back. Chad Bettis, who I think if you stack up the rotation as it was designed back in March, you were talking about John Gray at the top and Chad Bettis probably right behind him as the number sure, two starter. Absolutely. Now you have Gray healthy, Bettis healthy. Freeland healthy, and you can mix and match with the rest of that rotation. Uh, Herman Marquez seems to have made the turn and become a pretty effective major league pitcher. Uh, the one start in in Miami, sort of notwithstanding, I think he's been pretty good. So for the Rockies, now we're in basically just a roughly the last six weeks of the season. They find themselves, as we record this, tied precisely with the Arizona Diamondbacks and five ahead of the Cardinals with the Brewers trailing behind and being next up on the docket after this Braves series. When you 
break down the next couple weeks of the Rockies. Chad Bettis is scheduled to go against the Brewers as well in that next series because it's a four-gamer against Atlanta. That puts Bettis on the Saturday start against Milwaukee there as well against a, a veteran that's given the Rockies past in trouble, Matt Garza. So this seems like an opportunity for the Rockies who, who blew a chance to do something uh, in Miami. And, and the truth of the matter is until they had lost that last game, they had lost five of their last six. How important is it for the Rockies in this seven-game homestand, six left now, to probably win four out of these last six games at minimum? It's crucial because that we've talked about that NL West run of games coming, and that is really going to likely decide where you're going to sit in the wild card because you're talking about premier competition in the NL West. But this is a good setup, and with the Bettis return almost acting like a springboard to, like you said, a soft reset to the season to know that uh, they are becoming healthy. They are kind of combining all now at exactly the right time, right before this little NL West run. But again, these are teams that you should beat. Atlanta is 10-plus games under 500. Uh, The Royals are a team that skirts around 500, uh, a game or two above or below. The Rockies are a good team, and these are teams that they should be beating or at least winning the series from. So these couple series are crucial for them. They are... uh, it, it is nice to see that they are coming together at the right time because there was a slight fear that uh, Bettis wouldn't uh, return for the entire season well, you know, I think for that obvious was, other reasons. I think that was presumed when we were talking sure. about uh, the, the reoccurrence of the cancer and the need for chemotherapy. I think the presumption for the Rockies right there was he has to get healthy first, baseball second, and, and probably shouldn't count on him at yeah. all in, in 2017. And if anything would be a bonus to have him back this early is pretty fortunate. You talk about the Brewers uh, six games back, the Cardinals five games back. Uh, the Cardinals, of course, are the ones that maybe put a scare into you. While the Rockies have, in their last 10 are five and five, uh, the Cardinals are rounding into form eight and two, and we know they have championship pedigree. So that that's a concern. That With the Brewers coming into town, the, they're six back. You can't have a slip-up like they did against Miami. It, it still feels like that was such a missed opportunity to win a couple and get yourself a little bit more distance, a little bit more cushion, a bit more margin for error. But now you look at the Rockies' rotation, and it's starting to shape up the way they wanted it to. Gray. Bettis, Freeland, Hoffman, and now Marquez. A couple of the big pieces in Hoffman and Freeland have proved that they belong. They have gotten good contributions from Antonio Senzatella. Tyler Chatwood, now after being bumped out of the rotation, has had some success there in mix and matching and relief. It feels to me like the Rockies in many ways now are in the best position they've been all year in the starting rotation. And maybe not only for this year, but going forward. One of the things that the Rockies were trying to do that Bud Black was trying to walk a very difficult line was trying to make sure the team was winning games, but at the same time, finding out what guys are building blocks and what guys aren't. Exactly. And that's tough to do. But those, those five fellows that I just ran off, that feels like a rotation that's good to go for a little while here. It doesn't feel like the Rockies necessarily have to go out and spend money to get some new guys. They're there. And even if there are blips, Hoffman or or Marquez, or even an injury, you have a guy like Senzatella that can step in. Chatwood's a free agent after the end of the year. I suspect he'll move along. But but it feels now like the Rockies have the pieces they need to succeed in pitching. Now they just have to find a way to get it done. And what better team to try to get right than against the Atlanta Braves? Well, and what better manager to move those building blocks than Bud Black? And I, I, 
the Dodgers are doing absolutely magnificent things right now. But yeah, they're on Bud the borderline Black, of a historic season. Bud Black is, is in my eyes, manager of the year as far as the amount of different things that he has had to deal with, the injuries, not only to the batting, but just to the pitching. I mean, the rotation, we really haven't seen the rotation as a solid one, two, three, four, five listing all entire year. It's just been a jumbled, uh, you're going to start here, you're going to start there. We're dealing with the gray injury, and now we have four young arms Four guys who don't have MLB uh, experience past two years. I mean, we're talking about the amount of expert knowledge and strategy that has been needed from his eyes. And he has handled it perfectly because, like you said, he has met the criteria of not only winning games, but allowing guys to flourish when they can. Giving guys opportunity to remember, let's remember, you know, Chatwood is not in the rotation anymore, but he got many chances to prove himself. He's not in the rotation because other guys simply belong there more than he does. And they've earned those spots. And so this is this has been a, just an excellent job managing by by Bud Black and of course him being a previous pitcher. I mean we've talked about it in the past and uh, how huge of a hiring he was. Uh, he has just been phenomenal in playing Tetris uh, basically all year <laughs> yeah. long with uh, with this rotation, and yet they are still very much uh, the the team that should be in the wild card. If they the the main focus from now the. I was talking about this yesterday. I think the playoffs start now for the Rockies because I do believe they will it's, be it's a wild the card team. Mindset they need to get into. Yes, yes. Because that wild card game, it needs to be here in Colorado. All right, the the Rockies need to be in Colorado. It's not so much as Colorado needs to be here though, as more so a team like Arizona, right. Needs to be potentially here. a guy like Zach Greinke, who at home is absolutely dominant. Yes, out, out there in Phoenix, pulling and him away and coming out to him Denver. He's, he's not the same type of guy. That there, there are there are no pitchers. And the truth of the matter is, even most of the Rockies pitchers, if you ask them to admit it, they'll tell you they don't like pitching in Coors Field. Like, you know, it's not pretend that that's not what it is. But if you can get the opposing starter, especially in a one game wild card battle, if you can get them second guessing themselves, if yeah. you can get them nervous, if you can get under their skin a little bit, you have a tremendous advantage. So I agree. I think the Rockies, if they have a wild card game, if they get there and they get it at home, I think they have an outstanding chance of moving along. Absolutely. I don't think I could say the same if it was in Phoenix or in St. Louis. Well, and and the or proof, Milwaukee. The proof is in the pudding. I mean, the Rockies have beaten good pitchers when they were here when Madison Bumgarner was throwing Including well. Including Zach Greinke. Uh, uh, Zach Greinke, Clayton Kershaw, Johnny Cueto. They, ha- they have proven that they can beat and they can get to good pitchers, but that game has to be here. That wild card needs to be here, and this is the setup for that final stretch run. Want to note how uh, phenomenal, of course, we, it's hard to miss, but Charlie Blackman, Nolan Arenado, Arenado hit in the hand uh, out in Miami. The concern, of course, everybody that's a Rockies fan held their collective breath there. Uh, he was able to come in and uh, make a pinch hit at bat. Uh, yesterday, he wasn't able to, to do anything with it, but the fact they sent him out there at all indicates that the injury is not very serious. Uh, the word is he's going to rest in Tuesday's game, obviously, because their broadcast partner, uh, AT&T uh, Sportsnet Rocky Mountain, is going to have... Nolan Manning, their Twitter account that day. So I guess Nolan's out for the night. I guess he'll be tw- he'll be typing, so he'll get some uh, I, I suppose some work on the hands. It's a little bit of the uh, I, yeah the, the stretching you know, and dexterity. That just but. shows you the kind of gamer Nolan is. Uh, he knew that in that kind of spot, uh, the TV actually cut to him grabbing a bat and and kind of getting some uh, some warm ups going. And you just knew he was going to be inserted into the game. Bud Black called it just a baseball move. They thought it was the best opportunity because Arenado has been so clutch and. Uh, 
certainly he jokingly in the uh, clubhouse afterwards, he looked fine. He, he didn't look like he was in major discomfort. I mean, certainly it was a great win and that kind of shields a lot of things, but certainly, like you said, the entire Rockies fan base was holding their collective breath. Uh, thankfully, just the hand contusion, that was probably your best case scenario. Yeah, oh yeah, when you're hitting the hand, that's as good as you can hope for. The Rockies, of course, can't really afford more injuries. They've been dealing with them here and there for a lot of the season. Uh, Ian Desmond, the, the big splash that the Rockies made in the, the offseason, remember, it wasn't the Greg Holland acquisition, which has proven to be the most important, that was the big splashy one. It was the Rockies giving big-time money on a long-term, longer-term contract to Ian Desmond, and Desmond has simply not been able to be healthy this year, only appeared in 65 games, and, and even when he did, he he hasn't really gotten the Coors Field bump that I think a lot of people expected. He's been right along his career numbers, which uh, is not really condemning Desmond if you're doing what you've done your whole career. But I think people expect there to be a jump when you're in Coors Field. Jonathan Lucroy, the addition at the deadline, was a guy who was having a pretty bad season uh, prior to that offensively. He's a very good offensive player since joining the Rockies 364 in a Rockies uniform. So that's gone pretty well. And, and I guess when we look at that pitching rotation with Chad Bettis, how much does Jonathan Lucroy play into this? Arnauto specifically talked about how they needed someone like him, uh, not only for morale and not for the bat, but for the fact that they have a lot of young pitchers, they have a lot of different situations, and they need a veteran guy who's been there and done that. I was clamoring for a veteran catcher all year long because we saw the value in what Hannigan brought uh, as opposed to a guy like a Tom Murphy or uh, a Tony Walters, with no disrespect to them. But Lucroy's an upgrade. And Lucroy uh, yesterday was a great uh, example. Lucroy was talking about working with Bettis, and these are two that uh, they had just met just uh, a couple weeks ago, and uh, but certainly hadn't worked together. No th- time for absolutely. that. Absolutely, and they were uh, especially Bettis speaking about the partnership with Lucroy. He was very much, yeah, yeah, we're good. Oh, it's great. It's a great partnership. He didn't have much to say about it because they just are on this level already where Bettis looks at Lucroy, Lucroy looks at Bettis, and they're all they already kind of know what they're into. And certainly Lucroy brings so much value because he increases the value of each of those young pitchers just just ever so slightly. Makes it a, a lot easier for uh, the young pitchers to settle in, and, and he calls a great game, and he can frame up and, and sometimes steal some strikes. And certainly that brings so much value because spread out collectively, I mean, the Rockies have too many good starting pitchers at this point right now. I mean, we're talking about uh, a starting rotation where they can't even find uh, room for well, some really, really I good arms. I don't know if there's any such th- thing as too much pitching. Sure, but I, but sure. I, but I do get what you're you're going at, and I, I think it's it's obviously very important for the Rockies going down the stretch, and and a terrific moment there at Coors Field, also a a, a somber moment as well as the Rockies, as they should have paid tribute to Don Baylor, who passed away uh, last week through a long battle uh, with with myeloma, and uh, the Rockies hung that jersey of his in their dugout mm-hmm. that night played a, a beautiful tribute before the game so uh, for the Rockies it feels like the the emotional sort of a ringer that they found themselves put through yesterday and, and we're still able to emerge on the other side uh, with a victory now that behind them the hope is that that confidence can start to build as this team really presses because after the calendar changes to September it is NL West all the time, with the exception of three games against, oh, that team that swept them last weekend, the Marlins. So the Rockies need to be building momentum here against the Braves, against the Brewers as they continue on their homestand because uh, I think you hit it right on the head, Ronnie. 
the playoffs for them, the mentality, this is not a, a Dodgers team or a Yankees team or a Cubs or a Cardinals, uh, a team that's used to being in this spot. They don't want to have Rocktober again. They'd like to just do what they've been doing all year sure. and claim it that way. They and, don't want to do it by a fluke. They just want to earn it. And this has been a good team all year long, a team that if they finish in the 500 for the rest of the year, they're going to finish in the high 80s, low 90s and wins. And so uh, this is a team that just needs to continually play well. Certainly they've kind of gone through these bumps and these uh, slumps uh, towards the end of at least the the, the last couple games. But uh, this is a team that is good enough to be better than just a 500 record the rest of the way. This is a this is a team that could finish very well. Certainly the NL West is out of hand, but this is a team where that top wild card spot is theirs for the taking. So they got to go get it. Don't get to hear that too often for the Rockies. Uh, he is Ronnie Cordy's exactly right. And this will be fascinating. This six games left at this homestand one year. Uh, going to one of those games, you're out here in Colorado. Stop at Tap 14, our sponsors for the Blake Street Irregulars. Terrific bar there right on Blake Street, just a few steps away. Literally, I counted last time it was there. It took me 122 seconds to walk. From home plate, from the home plate entrance of course Field to Tap 14. It's a piece Excellent of cake. counting. You will be right there. <laughs> well, I counted on the way there before I dug into the 70 Colorado beers that are on tap or the 100 Colorado distilled spirits that are available uh, as well before. So I could make sure that at least, you know, the, the counting was on target. Yes. But, but go out there, enjoy the sun. It is, it is beautiful. August in Colorado is gorgeous in the evenings. So rooftop bar, even if it rains a little bit, that's okay because you can go inside. They have an inside part too and enjoy that up there. So go visit our friends at Tap14. Follow them at tap14.com to find out the rest. Spell it out, tap14.com. Ronnie, always good to have you here. And, and you were the man there in the clubhouse, you know, at the game. I wanted to talk to you about this uh, sort of really uh, hopefully what is a watershed moment for the Rockies. And, and while it's great to, to revel in and celebrate in these and justifiably so for the Rockies and as Chad Bettis himself told you directly it's it's now it's time for baseball yeah and for the Rockies I think that that's something that quite frankly they're looking forward to and we're looking forward to talking to uh, to uh, with you about it uh, regularly for the rest of the season as we have been uh, this whole season long so uh, come on down to visit if you are around Thursday at tap 14 I'll be recording this live so join me and maybe we'll even throw you right on there we've done that before as well so follow Ronnie on Twitter at Ronnie K radio for all the inside scoop on the Rockies you can follow me at Estrotar that's S-D-R-O-T-A-R and you can always listen to me on Mile High Sports Radio with my morning driver radio host Nate Lundy and TJ Carpenter from 7 to 9 a.m. weekdays, 1340 a.m., 104.7 FM locally in the Denver region, or you can always stream it online live or even on demand if you missed anything at milehighsports.com. So thank you very much for tuning in to the Blake Street Irregulars, your local Colorado Rockies podcast. This has been a 5280 Sports Network production.